Hi, this is John Ratzenberger. That's right, the same John Ratzenberger that played the part of the very handsome mailman on the TV show Cheers. Now, it's a little-known fact that, in my heart, I'm just a country boy. Welcome to the NutriBlends Animal Ag Podcast, where we tell the truth about American agriculture. On this podcast, false rumors are run out of town. Misleading marketing gets called out for what it is, and you better have good science to back up your claims or you're getting a boot. You hear me? I'm John Ratzenberger, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. Mycoplasma ionomonia is a long-standing challenge for pork producers. Although they've made progress in managing the disease, the bacteria's persistence and extended shedding period has producers and veterinarians searching for more solutions. From vaccines to feed and injectable medications to elimination strategies, all cards are on the table. Joining us today from Zoetis is Dr. David Baumert, Senior Technical Services Veterinarian with the Pork Team. He received his DVM from the University of Missouri and has worked with a wide range of pork production systems on both the commercial and genetic side of the business. Dr. Baumert's experience in the field guides him in providing herd health solutions for pork producers and veterinarians across the U.S. He currently resides in Lincoln, Nebraska. Welcome, Doctor. Thank you. So tell us, what is the current status of mycoplasma hyonemonia within U.S. herds? Mycoplasma pneumonia is widespread in the U.S. swine industry today, with over 50% of all U.S. herds currently being reported as positive for mycoplasma. Well, what do we know about mycoplasma that's new? Well, in 2010, there was a, a good study that reported that mycoplasma organisms could be detected and identified in the air up to nine kilometers, that's about six miles, from an infected source herd. And that create, created quite, quite an uproar no. with that, that potential spread of mycoplasma. So it's, it's airborne. Airborne. It's a respiratory disease, and Good. the bacteria can be spread airborne. Any danger of it crossing over to humans? Nope. Nope. People have their own mycoplasmas, as do cattle, but this is strictly a pig, a pig agent. No kidding. Yep. So that, that nine-kilometer range created quite a concern. Now, more recent work has suggested, however, that these long-distance spreads of mycoplasma are much, much less common under routine circumstances. Most transmission of mycoplasma is going to occur within production systems over relatively short distances. What is the production impact of mycoplasma today? Well, the economic impact ranges in, in various reports from about $3.50 a pig up to $10 a head, the $10 range being seen more commonly when we have cases of mycoplasma pneumonia mixed with other infectious viral or bacterial diseases of pigs. What makes mycoplasma so prevalent and then persistent? Mycoplasma's persistence in a pig operation is due in part to its ability to, to reside on the very tips of the villi, these finger-like projections that, that are, are present within the trachea or the, the windpipe oh. of the pig, mm -hmm. Because the organism can reside on the tips of these villi, it's able to evade most of the body's immune response. 
Most bacterial or viral agents that cause pneumonia in pigs lives down deeper into the lung tissue, and in, the, in those regions, the, bact- the, the pig's white blood cells and antibodies are able to more easily attack those viral or bacterial infections as opposed to the mycoplasma, which is up in a, a special region of its own. What does mycoplasma look like in a herd? What people typically see when a herd of pigs is infected with mycoplasma is a a dry, hacking cough. Usually these pigs are 100 to 150 pounds in body weight, and this cough will persist for extended periods of time. We're talking groups of pigs, barns of pigs that cough literally for weeks. The onset of disease, although it's typically at 100 to 150 pounds of body weight, the onset can vary greatly. And it is impacted, the onset time is impacted by the incidence or the rate of infection in, in young groups of pigs when they're first put together. When those pigs are first moved to the nursery or to a wean-to-finish facility, mm-hmm. if the inc- incidence of mycoplasma is high initially, then we will see clinical outbreaks much earlier than if we were to start with a reasonably clean group of, of young wean-age pigs. Oh. In addition with mycoplasma, we can see subclinical infections which means that the pigs don't exhibit the dramatic cough, but they still have a slower rate of, rate of gain, much slower than expected, even without the, the, the uh, distinct coughing going on with mycopl- most mycoplasma infections. When are pigs most at risk? As we, as we mentioned, grower pigs are often observed to, to initially develop clinical disease, coughing at 100 to 150 pounds of body weight, or about 14 to 18 weeks out of their typical 26 Mm -hmm. to 30-week age, although pigs are actually susceptible at any age, from the nursery all the way through maturity, if they are exposed to another infectious pig. How long are pigs infected or shedding the bacteria? Uh, Research work, good research work, has shown that pigs infected with the mycoplasm organism can actually shed that organism to their pen mates for up to 200 days or nearly seven months following infection which for a typical market pig in the United States is, is virtually most of his life. He can, mm. he can remain infectious. I'm beginning to understand why some cultures won't eat pork. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the secondary pathogens that commonly tag team with mycoplasma? Secondary pathogens or, or secondary disease-causing agents that can increase the severity of mycoplasma pneumonia generally includes other viruses, such as PERS virus, or influenza virus, or porcine circovirus. It can also include bacterial agents, such as Pasteurella, Haemophilus parasuus, or Mycoplasma hyorhinus. Each of these can complicate, and as they pile on, they will increase the severity of a Mycoplasma pneumonia infection. How does a producer develop an effective plan to address Mycoplasma? An effective plan to address Mycoplasma, like many disease control plans, needs to include a recognition of where the infection is entering or residing within the production system. We need to recognize what tools are available for managing the disease, both in terms of products and in management choices. And finally, we need to determine how a successful outcome is defined, and that would be based on each herd's unique characteristics or goals. What are the considerations and pieces for an integrated approach? Well, after we consider a herd's unique characteristics, a decision should be made to either manage the disease with a mycoplasma control program, in which case we're trying to minimize the negative effects of ongoing infections, or we can manage the mycoplasma by, use, by the use of an, an elimination program. 
in which case the mycoplasma bacteria is completely removed from the swine herd. In either case, whether it's a control program or an elimination program, various tools, including vaccination, injectable antibiotics, and feed-grade medications, along with management tools such as controlled pig flow, are all available to help to achieve the desired goal. How early do you need to start, and how is it handled at various production phases? If a swine production system includes the breeding herd, then the management of mycoplasma through elimination can actually start at the breeding herd and, of course, the gilt supply for that breeding herd. And when it's successfully completed, the elimination program will result in a breeding herd that can produce numerous ongoing groups of mycoplasma-negative wean-age pigs. If the breeding herd is not suitable for a mycoplasma elimination program, they can still play an important part in mycoplasma control in both the breeding herd and the downstream pig flow by utilizing all of the available tools that we mentioned, the vaccination, medication, pig flow, and exposure management. Using these, even in a control program, the breeding herd can still significantly reduce the severity and the negative financial aspects of an ongoing mycoplasma infection. If the swine production system of interest only includes the growing pig segment and they have no control over the breeding herd portion, then the mycoplasma management is generally, generally limited to just controlling the infection within the growing group pigs on a batch-to-batch -batch basis. Again, we'll still use vaccines, we'll use antibiotics, and we'll use pig flow management. Interestingly, a swine grower who can have... A swine grower can have a marked economic advantage over their competitors if they can receive mycoplasma-negative pigs into their grower system. Specific to a vaccination program, what is key for a successful outcome? A vaccination program must produce a health benefit to the pig and an economic benefit for the producer. Current mycoplasma vaccines will not prevent a mycoplasma infection if a pig is exposed to the bacterial organism. However, a quality vaccine should have a proven ability to reduce the severity of the resulting respiratory disease. Quality vaccines should also be able to protect for the life of the pig following vaccination, which for the majority of the 100 million plus pigs that are marketed annually in the U.S. Mm. should be well over 20 weeks of protection in order to, to give them protection from birth to market age. Regarding feed medications, has FDA's veterinarian feed directive changed the approach for mycoplasma? Yes, it has. On January of 2017, when the VFD, or Veterinary Feed Directive Program, came into existence, Lincomix became the only FDA-approved VFD drug for managing mycoplasma pneumonia. As part of a VFD plan, a producer now needs, a, needs veterinary oversight to obtain Lincomix and to grind it into the swine ration. This process of veterinary oversight is pretty straightforward though, and it generally causes little or no disruption in the process of routinely ordering feed inventories for the farm. Well, on the farm, how does a producer decide when to use injectable antibiotics to treat pigs? Well, generally, injectable antibiotics should be used on individual pigs within a population anytime that those individuals are observed to be affected by a disease that would be that would be responsive to therapy. When producers do the daily observation of each and every pig within the herd in their care, they may find one or more pigs in need of treatment, depending upon the current conditions on a particular farm. 
the decision to move from individual treatment of pigs to a wider application of antibiotics in the feed or in the water as a control or a treatment program can vary by farm, but is most often indicated when individual animal treatments have approached 10% or more of the population. Yeah, all right, right, right. Well, some farms are working on mycoplasma elimination. What do you think the pros and the cons are to that? Well, the primary benefit of a mycoplasma elimination program in a breeding herd is that from the point of elimination forward, that breeding herd will produce group after group of mycoplasma-negative weaned pigs, which will be more productive throughout the grow-finish period. If the breeding herd owner retains ownership of those growing pigs, he benefits economically. Or those pigs can be sold as weaned pigs, and they will command a premium price due to their expected better performance. The only downside to a mycoplasma elimination program is the costs that are sunk into the program if it is not successful, and the health of the grower pig then fails to improve. How do they prove that the pigs have been treated if you're selling the piglet? It's a history, and and a lot of producers, when they purchase piglets, they will do testing for, for a, a, a small group oh, of, can, of specific diseases that okay, are economically important. So you can important. test it right on the spot. Yeah. What, what are we learning about that prospect? Well, the prospect of, of mycoplasma elimination is good. Uh, the opportunity to be successful in a mycoplasma elimination program can be very high in a breeding herd where the unique herd characteristics are considered and where the appropriate tools are utilized properly. Hmm. If elimination isn't a widespread commitment, how effective can it be? Mycoplasma elimination can actually be effective even on a single sow unit within a swine-dense geography. Recent research has shown that aerosol spread of mycoplasma organisms within a geography is not as common as was suspected in the past. Therefore, a sow farm that has successfully eliminated mycoplasma can continue to produce groups of mycoplasma-negative pigs and benefit from feeding those pigs in commercial grower or finisher situations even if the geography still has mycoplasma-infected pigs in the neighborhood. Okay. Well, what final advice do you have for producers regarding mycoplasma? Mycoplasma hyopneumonia should be regarded as a manageable component of a larger mixed swine respiratory disease complex. In combination with other disease agents, it adds to the severity of swine respiratory disease and results in economic loss and raises concern for pig welfare. We have the tools to significantly control mycoplasma pneumonia in nearly all cases, and in the best-case scenarios, we have the tools to eliminate the disease from a swine production system. I believe that each production system, regardless of their size or complexity, should be working daily to either maximize control of mycoplasma pneumonia or eliminate it completely from their production systems. Good stuff. Mycoplasma hyopneumonia is a long-standing challenge for pork producers, although they've made progress in managing the disease. The bacteria's persistence and extended shedding period has producers and veterinarians searching for more solutions. Programs that include vaccination and antibiotics has shown promise, but more research is needed to see complete results. I'd like to thank Dr. Bomber from Zoetis for joining us today, and I encourage our listeners to tune in next week to see what's on tap in animal agriculture.